0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, our guest is Mr. Nick Jansen. Joining us for a second time with Vero Fitness coming to us from Missouri. Nick, what's going on, sir? How are
2: you? I'm going pretty good. How are you?
1: I am doing incredibly well. It's good to see you again. Good to pick your brain again. Obviously, our our conversation is going to be geared around the gym and and what's been going on and some big happenings recently. So we'll get to that here in a minute. But for the people who didn't catch the first interview or, or aren't familiar with you or Vero Fitness... Paint us a little bit of background context before we get into our conversation. Vero Fitness, in your own words, what is
2: this? Um, Well, Vero Fitness is, we wanted to try to be the one-stop shop. We wanted to create an environment that people could spend an afternoon there and enjoy every minute of it. So we want to be a gym. Obviously, a results-based culture is what we do, I feel, as good as anybody. But we also have things like we built a deck out back where people can tan in the summer or do uh, work emails underneath the, the pergola and be able to kind of hang out. And uh, We even have uh, drinks sometimes that we'll serve outside. We'll bring protein shakes outside. So um, uh, our front desk is uh, very busy because they got to run all over yeah, the good. place. Uh, so we have um, an environment that allows for the community to really take shape, but also the results-based culture to be taken just as importantly
1: yeah and and this sort of happy marriage of we're here to supply fitness but an interesting change of cards along the way to where a lot of the industry is going and we're here to talk health and longevity overall as well and providing services along the way at every step now tell us a little of the history of this nick for for the nostalgics in the crowd Mm -hmm. When did this all get started and and talk to us about just your experience overall in the last handful of
2: years? Sure, sure. Yeah, I was working at a corporation, uh, a corporate gym, big corporate gym. Um, And I was climbing the corporate ladder a little bit there, uh, so to speak, at a pretty young age. I was 22, 23 years old. And after a while, I climbed high enough to where my day was so little training. And it was hiring, firing, meetings, presentations and uh, things like that. And all that's fine. And, and there are people that need to do that. But I'm like, I don't know if I'm the guy where this is my primary thing that mm-hmm. I come to work. I kind of lost my identity a little bit because I am a trainer to my bones, to my DNA. So to not be training um, it was difficult for me to do while I'm in the gym, uh, you know, 10, 12 hours a day doing, uh, uh, emails and things like that. So, uh, after a while,
1: the less fun.
2: Yes. Yes. So after a while, after maybe six years working for a big box and, I kind of think I've seen a little bit of everything at this point. I, you know, I've seen a high turnover, low turnover, good trainers, bad trainers, good managers, bad managers, corporation, how they treat people, how they don't. So I was able to take in a ton of data in that six years. And if anybody wants to open their own gym, start there, see what that's about first, and then take that information and then start your own thing for what that's worth to the crowd. Now, once I figured I didn't have much to learn from the people that I was around, that's when I thought, okay, I'm going to go ahead and give this a run because there's always something to learn from somebody. But when I started feeling like maybe there, there wasn't, I, I wanted to change my environment. So I said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to try this thing on my own. So I resigned from a, a corporate gym. And I started my own thing. I was training illegally at a public park, a city park, uh, but I didn't have anything. I I I had $500 in my pocket. I think I spent $490 of equipment that I put in the back of my car that I loaded uh, in and out of the sessions. uh, A battle rope, a stability ball, five and 10 pound pair of dumbbells and a bozu and a mat. I think that's what I started
1: with. What else do you need?
2: That's it. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) so um i was able to reach out to a few people and uh uh, you know get one or two clients take videos take pictures really make them look cool make them look empowered show the workout and the environment that we had and then i would uh just start networking and then all the comments that would happen under that video i would reach out to them personally i'm like oh if you like that video i would love to do that a similar workout with you do you have any interest let me give you a free one give you a free one they like it. You close them. You grow, and you just rinse and repeat. That is not changed. That formula still works. By the way, that formula does not change. It's the same problem, and it's luckily the same solution. You don't have to reinvent the wheel anytime you need a new client. At least in my experience, so I was able to get just enough money to where I could buy a storefront uh for like I guess fifteen hundred square feet, but. It was amazing to me because I could control the illumination and I could control the temperature. So that would, to me was a game changer. Cause now I could go all day. I had a restroom that I could access. I mean, <laughs> I didn't have before. So now to have like a I have a bathroom. I if it like,
1: rained, we're still okay.
2: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, so I was able to uh, hang out there and, and I was, I did a two year lease, a little lease there. And in my time there, I was able to bring one more trainer on as a complete independent contractor. So she paid rent to Vero at that time uh, to train there as much as she liked. I think the number to to, to make it real, I think the number was like $500 a month and she could train as often as she wanted to, which in hindsight is a really nice deal. (laughs) It's a really nice number. Yeah, She probably loved that. Yeah, she did. (laughs) But I'm, you know, new guy, new to the game, didn't really get that. So I started at five and then, uh, then it is kind of, it grew. And then we got another building and that was probably twice as big. And then that one, I messed up that one. I actually failed. I ran that one into the ground. That one, I couldn't even finish the lease. I I, I went, I went, I went under on that one. That was, that was a tough one. I, I made mistakes. I doubled down too much on the one-on-one training and I didn't, go after the group training like I should have. So I can make more money in a shorter amount of time. So I was trying to fit in 20, 30 minute sessions in a day to make my nut, to get the, to get the rent, to get everything taken care of. And I could have done that in a much smaller amount of time while still working a lot of hours, but I could have uh, uh, increased my revenue significantly to where that wouldn't have happened, but I learned from it and and it hurt. And obviously it takes uh, the, the ego uh, gets beat up, pride gets beat up, but I ran that one into the ground. Even years later,
1: you still kind of cringe talking about it.
2: Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Because it's just like, come on, man, what were you doing then? So, um, so I go to my dad, Ben, who's currently part owner of Vero now. And we're we're kind of licking our wounds and we're having a beer. And I said, you know what, man, let's do it one more. I said, give me one more shot. I need a little bit of money from you to get things going. I'm like, let's give this one more run. I think I got this. I know what I did wrong. Let me give it one more run. And he said, okay, let's roll. So we finished our beer and we started looking at uh, where we Thanks, were going to Yeah, exactly. So then we mm-hmm. went to uh, Pacific, Missouri, which is where we are currently at and in the last 4 years we have expanded three times uh because i think that we now have accomplished a very winning formula
1: yeah and and so to summarize all of this lessons learned through trial and error along the way mm-hmm. we didn't quite have the business model to match the overhead mm-hmm. that we had mm-hmm. we figured it out we we meandered and and changed a couple of things along the way which brings us to now where we're running a successful facility we've got all of these different services available and for the people who did catch nick's interview the first time around there was some some whisperings of expansion the last time but now nick tell
2: us where where things are as we communicate today uh, February 17th, uh, which is actually uh, Ben's birthday, uh, we were able to sign the lease. So now we are able to double our square footage. Um, the guy is still currently moving out. So we're going to take over the front 5,000 square feet and the back 5,000 is going to be more like offices and uh, uh, private private meeting rooms, things like that. But uh, to have another 5,000 5, feet that we can do so much with there's so much equipment that I need to get there's so many upgrades that I need to get and it's not that I can't I don't have room so like we need it I'm doing all this I got five treadmills I only got five ellipticals my member base (laughs) is super nice to me I have zero stair steppers uh so they have been super nice to me and and understanding because i think they kind of see what i'm doing they kind of know what i'm trying to do they see me walking around thinking walking into other buildings so i think that they gave me a little bit of a pass because they could see that i was trying to make something work and uh now that we have been able to get something to work i can now repay them for their patience by delivering on all the things that uh, we have not been able to answer the call on in the past
1: yeah and so Another evolution of Vero Fitness to give us that additional square footage. Let's let's approach this conversation from a, how did you do things before and how does that change now that the business is, is growing and has this additional potential? And so, first things first, let's run through this. 5,000 square feet would suggest to me that we can add some people and we can grow this membership base. What were you doing before from a marketing standpoint? And how does that look now with this greater new potential?
2: Marketing-wise, we've always taken a lot of pride and taken our marketing very seriously. Uh, we don't do a ton of buying attention. Uh, we, we do a pretty good job of getting it organically because I think we know our audience pretty well. And our audience knows us. So they kind of, it, it's we'll do a video and we'll post it out there, whether it's like a TikTok or something like that, we'll put it out there. That same day, members will come in and say, oh, that was funny. Or, oh, I appreciated that. Or, oh, I, I, I know what you guys were talking about there. You know, so well, we do a pretty good job of knowing what our members get a response to and then giving them that. But it's really just with our phone, maybe a light or two and uh, a little creativity. And we just kind of put that out there. Now, with the expansion, how we announced it was, um, are you an Office fan by any chance?
1: I, of course, I am.
2: Of course you are, because you're a smart guy. So I went on Cameo, and I got uh, Kevin Malone to say, Vero Fitness is doubling their thing. Oh, my uh, God. (laughs) So that was my... I guess my sellout point where uh, I brought in a celebrity the the spiel, to make the announcement. And it got, you know, a whole bunch of attention, a whole bunch of shares and people were like, Oh my gosh, that's Kevin from the office talking about Bureau fitness in a town that not a lot of people know of in the middle of Missouri. So, um, yeah. so that was how we kind of broke the news to everybody.
1: And so let me pick your brain on this. It sounds like much of this flowed, organically over the years we're focusing on the digital side of things and social media is a huge driver of that but we haven't really formalized it we've just been you said like you said a phone maybe a light it hasn't been this this huge production but it's been successful Mm -hmm. to get people in Mm -hmm. you you said one thing along the way that a lot of our content was geared towards our own members how successful has that organic reach been to bring in new additional
2: people? Oh, great question. I think that that has worked by creating raving fans of Vero. Mm. That's okay. what we want to do. So that word of mouth that comes from a a, a, a raving fan, uh, so to speak, is what brings in a lot more attention. And it's it, to be perfectly honest with you, there, this is there's not a lot going on in this town, so. I mean, there's like three or four or five restaurants, uh, a couple of fast food places. I mean, a bowling alley that went under. I mean, so there's not a ton happening here. So I knew if we could be a fun gym, but also very results driven, that that would be our winning formula. So we just kind of wanted to invite people in through events that we would have that would be fun. Like, oh, while you're walking to the back deck or while we're having a, a some type of party or a free week that anybody can come and try the gym out. Uh, the, while they're going to watch a Super Bowl party in the back, take a look at the gym as you walk on back here. What do you think about this? Oh, you guys have trainers. Oh, there's group fitness. Oh, there's massage therapy. Oh, there's nutrition. And then they're like, Oh, okay, so I can do all of this and kind of hang out with my friends. I was very afraid to go after the fun. I didn't want to be fun when I opened this thing up. I ah, want okay. results driven. I wanted yeah. this is the place you come to when you need a life change. And just, I hired fun, younger people uh, that were probably more relaxed because when you first sign a lease and you're gone, you're probably a little less fun than you usually are. Uh,
1: <laughs> White knuckle in the whole thing.
2: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And um, So just through having the right people on the bus, it became fun. And then it, it against my efforts, it became a fun gym. And after a while, after about a year, I just embraced it and then doubled down on it. And then that's where we really have seen a lot of, uh, a lot of growth in our membership.
1: You know, Nick, I, I talk to a lot of gym owners by nature of what I do. And I think that you, you kind of said it without directly saying it. So many people that open gyms are this diehard, quote unquote, meathead type crew. And we forget that the general public is not Die-hard meathead type people and we need to make this a little bit more fun and lower the barrier to encourage people to come in it's it's somewhat happened accidentally in your case but once we came to terms with that doubled down on it and i think you said word of mouth was a big driver here but there's a huge difference between The the quote unquote amateur gym owner that I talk to who says we get a lot of word of mouth leads, and the pro gym owner that I talk to that says word of mouth, but then encourages word of mouth through these different outlets. We're throwing parties, we have these events. There has to be something to talk about, right? We can't just say word of mouth. Word of mouth, a lot of the time in our industry, just alludes to the hope and pray strategy. You embrace word of mouth as here is something for people to actually talk and share to their community about. And that's how we get leads. Is that mm-hmm.
2: correct? Absolutely. I think our, probably one of our best examples of that is free week, which is advertised as our Super Bowl, our WrestleMania. It's it's a it's a party for an entire week. So when group fitness, there's a lot of music that happens in group fitness, whether it's dancing or a pound class or a boot camp style class. Well, we hired a live local band to come and play music while the group fitness class was happening to be our, uh, instead of having a Spotify playlist, we brought an actual band in and they played. then we had fireworks that set the place off. We had drinks later that night and that was the workout for the day. So that is how we're trying to combine, you know, having a good workout, but also the experience that you get with that is undeniably talked about. So
1: that's something that I can share with somebody at work.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: If
1: I just go to a regular run-of-the-mill boot camp and we did some burpees and we did some push-ups and we did some squats, I don't know. It was okay. I just got a little sweaty. I'm a little
2: sore. Sure.
1: But nothing exciting. Right? Mm-hmm. You take that You take that a step further. And like you said, we embraced it and we doubled down on it. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, Nick, I want to pick your brain to see how the transition takes place between interested lead and bought in paying client and for you guys what are the the standard checkpoints along the way of how someone actually signs up for something like this Mm -hmm. and piggyback on the back of that how does that change with this additional square footage or does it change
2: um well everything changes with this expansion so uh, i think that what we have done has worked and it's got us to this point but when they say the term, if it's not broke, don't fix it, they weren't talking about business. Uh mm-hmm. that you know they're talking about anything everything else besides business. Because if you come in with the mindset, if it's not broke, don't fix it, to me, you're anti-innovation. And we are constantly trying to innovate and find that one percent better that we can service members here. So after group fitness classes, we serve fresh fruit, uh, on a, on a little stick that we walk around with a tray and we hand that out to everybody. Then we said, okay, let's go again. Then we brought cold towels and we handed those out to everybody after a group fitness class. So where people almost now tolerate the class and they just enjoy the luxury of the fruit and towels and the hanging out afterwards. So, um, when people are seeing that and experiencing that, I know whatever gym that they just came from, is not doing that, so automatically I win because I'm doing the same service plus 5% more. When a member walks in or a potential member walks in, we give them uh, a little bit of paperwork. We want to see what their goals are, what are the things, because we have so many services that it could take an hour to run through the whole thing, but we don't want to talk about things we're not interested in. So you tell us what you're interested in, and we'll tell you the things that you may find um, uh, pursuable in regards to a, a secondary appointment, and which will hopefully lead to a secondary transaction. So we take them for a tour. We explain the things that they're interested in. Uh, we give them a day pass, if need be. Uh, so they can experience the gym, touch the touch the weights, make sure they have the connection with it, and we—that's how we word it. We say it's—we're we're very not salesy. We don't do year-long contracts for month to month. Could we say if we want to earn your membership every month, I'm not going to lock you down for a year. To me, I, it's probably a smart move, but to me, that's a fear move. That's afraid. That's afraid. That you're not going to upgrade your equipment. You're not going to keep innovating, and people are going to want to leave, but you're not going to let them. We want to go the opposite way. We want to say we're going to push the envelope further than what you actually want, and I'm going to earn that membership every month. And we explain that to them as they uh, as they're going through the sign up process. And then everything that you can do here, you can do first for free, uh, because a lot of people haven't worked with a massage therapist a stretch therapist, a stress management therapist. Um, Maybe they've never been to a group fitness class. Like I said, this town doesn't have a ton going on. This could be the first time they've walked into a gym at 50 years old. So there's a lot of things that can be very overwhelming. So we just really try to narrow that gap into what are you most interested in and then get them with that service provider. And then trust the service provider will deliver a service that they find uh, uh, is worth a secondary transaction. And then we grow.
1: The last part of that I want to dig into a little bit because you mentioned whatever they're interested in, we're giving away for free. We want you to test drive it and get your hands on the product and and understand what it is before pulling out your wallet. But that only works if we can get that secondary and tertiary transaction, assuming that the quality, like you said, is high enough for them to want to stick around. On a business of this scale, it can be really challenging to do a a facility tour or whatever it is, because there are so many stops that, like you said, we don't have an hour to walk this person around. We're going to hit the highlights and then later on down the road, have those conversations. For you guys, is the focus, let me figure out how I want to word this, is the focus on getting somebody into a membership and then experiencing all of these additional add-on type services is the focus trying to get somebody to those types of services at point of sale. Tell me about kind of the theory behind how that works.
2: If a member does not get connected to an appointment at the point of sale, there is a 50% chance they will quit on us in the next six months connectivity for us is everything we have a meeting every week monday at 2 30 every person that signed up with us in the last seven days we pull up their picture what do we know about them why are they here what are they interested in and i got a team i got all my guys we're in the room and we're talking about each member okay who's gonna who's got who did this person get scheduled with and the front desk is held accountable to get that appointment scheduled. Worst case scenario, the worst case scenario, some people don't want to do anything. They don't want to talk to anybody. They won't come, you know, and that's fine. We want to respect that. So our worst case scenario connectivity is we get them on an in-body scan because now mm. at least they have something tangible. They have something that they can then uh, refer to later. It's It can lead to a conversation in a month when they want to do it again. Uh, but ultimately uh, a complimentary machine orientation, personal training session, a day pass, um, a complimentary massage, what we'll do like 20 minutes, what we find is we'll do 20 minute services of what an hour long service would typically be. And people would buy an additional 40 minutes to complement the 20 minutes. Once they're there. Exactly, exactly. So they're like, I don't want a 20 minute massage. Keep going. Can we keep going? And they just, they just uh-huh. keep going up, And then we go and that's uh, you got to drink the beer before you buy it. And we want to give people something before we ask for something. And yeah. um, I think that when we give them the service, it shows that, hey, we are pretty dang good at what we're doing here. I can, I'm not going to explain it to you. Come over here and let me give you the experience.
1: I want to highlight that from two sides, right? Because you said a lot that, and it was kind of subtle how you said it. First and foremost, if somebody isn't involved in the facility, in whatever extra capacity, there's a far higher likelihood that they're gonna leave. And so we're, we're tackling churn or retention from the get-go. We want you to utilize what we are offering. But on the other side of that, from a ROI standpoint, we know that somebody could spend whatever amount of money on a monthly membership, But they're probably also willing to spend X amount of money on training, X amount of money on nutrition, X amount of money on recovery modalities, whatever that looks like. And suddenly this one client where maybe they were worth $50 a month to us before is suddenly spending $600, $700, $800 a month, the business functions in a much greater capacity from a profitability standpoint and so we're we're checking a lot of boxes and at the same time putting out a good service right this isn't just from a money grub trying to capture every dollar and cent that we can clearly people are enjoying it nick Uh, (laughs) clearly like they're getting something out of it as well and so it's it's almost your responsibility to continue doing this in the way that you are now. Let me let me kind of shift gears on this. And you've expanded the business multiple times before. Most of the time, it's been successful. One time, it hasn't. So I want to kind of keep that in the back of our mind here. What do you think with this current expansion? What do you think could provide some some hiccups or some challenges? As
2: you guys move forward. You know, we have needed to expand for so long. This gym has not been fun to work out in, in the last six months to a year. It's not fun for my trainers to train multiple people at one time. It's just too tight. It's just too, it's just, it just is. So the pros are so loud to our situation that we're walking into that the cons are really just personal uh so i mean it's it's more you know the financial output uh the mm-hmm. new equipment stair steppers yeah. you know how much stair steppers not cheap, <laughs> cheap. they're like 5 to grand. 6 grand, grand. yeah no, 10 yeah they okay. can be so you can find but you can find you know anything if you get a refurbished one you can find one for 5 6 grand but you go brand new you're going to go 10 and i know you can't just get one because that yep. one's going to break instantly because no one's never going to not be honest. So you got to get three. So uh, those are probably the the biggest detractors is, is that. But we've known we've needed to expand for so long that we've had our time to take X amount of profit, put it in savings, X amount of profit, put it in savings every month. We've just been stockpiling, stockpiling, stockpiling. So when it's time to pull the trigger on it, uh, there's no loans, there's no debt the company is going into. Uh, we can still just get what we need to get because we had so much time to plan for it. it. It took way longer to get this expansion done than we initially thought and we're we're late. I, I would, obviously you don't want to do this in uh in April or March. You want to do this in December and then be ready for January. So I'm, I'm uh that was probably uh the seasonal magic is probably going to be gone by the time that this whole thing happens. But you know, an experience is an experience. If the ex- Well, the the goal is to
1: keep people year round
2: too, you know? Exactly, exactly. So it's not like we're just doing business the first three months of the year. So anytime that the value exceeds the price, people will buy, whether that's a Lamborghini or a Snickers bar, the psychology is the same. The value must exceed the price. And that is what we're able to now really be very confident. that We felt that the value was worth the price but now we can feel very confident that's going to exceed the price. Cause I'm putting a small football field in my gym. We're going to have 75 feet of turf, 30 feet wide. So my trainers are going to be able to train five, six, seven, eight people in, a, in our area and be very comfortable. And, and then my members are going to be very comfortable. While we can still do sled pushes and battle ropes, these things that require a huge amount of space have been kind of cramped. And it's uncomfortable to do some of those uh, uh, big uh, member favorite movements. So now we can um, we can really deliver on that. Uh, sometimes it's not about getting new equipment. Sometimes it's just about providing space. And uh, we're fortunate enough to where we can do both.
1: It's it's an important perspective that you bring here because I think in our industry, a lot of the time when we get in trouble as business owners is when we pull the trigger too soon on these things. There's this ego driven, bigger is better, more is better. And it sounds like that's what happened the first time around when things didn't go so well, but we are far better equipped to handle it now financially and systematically to be able to absorb, like you described, the cons side of this. The cons being it's gonna cost a lot. Mm-hmm. Nothing in our industry is cheap if we do it well. Sure. But we're not doing it for January, February, March. We're doing it for 2023
2: through next year. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Next question, and, and this is the last one I have, and we'll start to wrap things up here, Nick it's it's a fun one so buckle up yeah we just pulled the trigger on this expansion hypothetically it goes tremendously people fill out membership grows we're still making money we've recouped the costs of all of said equipment what comes next at that point is there <laughs> is there greater ambitions inside the mind of nick jansen
2: oh oh boy uh, yes um I do like the idea of expanding in, uh, to a second location while also keeping in mind I've messed this up once already.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that's the kicker.
2: So that, that demon is still here. I still hear a whisper of doubt in my brain every once in a while. So even with this expansion that we're more than equipped to handle, I still hear it. And I don't ever want to silence that. I want to let them whisper a little bit because it keeps mm. me up. It keeps the ego in check that, hey, you've run this into the ground before, you could do it again. And now it's not just you and a couple of trainers, it's 27 people that have careers here at uh, Viral Fitness right now. So there's a lot more. So I think having the team that I have here and having uh, people that have left their careers that they've been at for years to come work here, I owe it to them to make the smartest decision that I possibly can, which isn't always... A popular decision but on a longevity standpoint that's I'm a lot less aggressive with how fast I move now I'm more of a slow mover I'm picking my uh, my shots uh, a lot more intelligently than I have in the past so I would like to go into another location but be perfectly honest with you I haven't given myself a raise since we opened what I make in year one is what I still make in year four and we had started with i don't know 40 memberships in the first month (laughs) and now we are at uh 2000 the numbers
1: look a little different
3: now exactly
2: my take home has not changed not one time in the last four years so um i think i uh before I move on to another expansion, I think I owe it to my wife to where I may take more home to where we can uh, uh, we can take care of some personal things first before I decide I want to uh, uh, go yeah. into another location. But uh, so right now I'm just going to get comfortable with the expansion and uh, go about that as intelligently and responsibly as I can. And then when it's time to go into the next location, I'm scared enough to know when I want to do it, it'll be the right move. Cause I'm not just going to jump Ooh, in. The fear, will, the fear will keep me honest and it's still very much there.
1: I love that you meet as I have a sweater on goosebumps as we talk <laughs> about it. It's, <laughs> it's been a pleasure having you back on here, Nick, uh, with the minute or two we have left, why don't you tell our listeners where they could learn more about Vero? Uh,
2: you can go on our Facebook is probably where we are the most active. Uh, you can go on our TikTok, uh Vero fitness, um, V E R O fitness. And that's other than that website, Vero fitness. uh, Yeah, we are VeroFitness.com. The other Vero fitness tried to buy it from me. I said, uh, -uh, you don't get that. Valuable now. (laughs)
1: We've got uh, some IP that we want to hang on to.
2: Absolutely. So uh, websites and the social, you type in Vero, we will pop up. That is
1: tremendous. Nick, it's been a pleasure, man. I always enjoy getting to to catch up with people and see how things Evolve over time. Mm -hmm. Still a lot to be happening for you in the future. So maybe we'll see Nick Jansen once again down the road. But for now, that's all the time we have. I appreciate it and I wish you nothing but the best, man.
2: Awesome. Thank you very much, Joe. I appreciate you, man. Pleasure being on as always.
1: Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode.
3: what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the Jim wars podcast i'll be your host today my name is emily and joining us on the show is jason jason from creation out of the uk what's going on jason how are you doing today
4: hi i'm not bad yeah i'm all good all good uh, yeah all righty well we're definitely excited what'd you say you're looking forward to the show
3: yes absolutely man uh, we're excited to have you on the show today but before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on at Creation, tell us a little bit about how you describe the business of people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place.
4: Okay, so the business I've got myself is just a personal trainer, uh, small client base for person just sort of get that more personal touch with clients. Uh, you're talking maybe twenty five maximum. Uh, it's not about it's not about the turn on for myself. It's more about the experience for the clients and being there for the clients. Um, to start the business, I'll have to just drop back a few years. Um, so I was in the army, um, the British forces, served a, a numerous amount of tours um, and spent 15 years in there. Um, no one leaves the army, perfectly fine. Uh, everyone has either some sort of good stories and bad stories. Um, I suffered a bit of PTSD myself um, and I came to like a couple of times. Um, and fitness was my release and helped me through it. Um, and for that reason, I just started getting more and more into fitness. Um, and I carried that across when I left the forces and went into private security. Um, private security was a lot of hours. Um, a lot of traveling, not much home time or free time. So I just thought to myself, you know what I mean? I want to give something back to people. Um, I love fitness. Let's jump in. Let's do the courses, become a personal trainer and help people. By the way, fitness helped me. So, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how it started.
3: Yeah, because, I mean, you have, you know, quite an interesting um, story because you were in the military, like you said, then you transitioned to some security and bodyguard. And then you uh, decided to become a personal trainer and business owner. Uh, was it really your love for... Um, what you do or how you find that like, fitness kind of changed you? That made you want to give back to that way in the community?
4: Yeah, I think fitness changed me. Um, it sort of made me a more, let's say, a better, a better person. Sorry, uh, a better person. Um, it, I was going it made me more peaceful in my mind if, if I make sense. This else. Um, uh, so yeah, I thought, you know what I mean, why, why not help other people get fit and feel better at the same time? Because obviously, I got into it just as COVID was finishing, um, and obviously a lot with, with COVID, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. Um, so yeah, help people out. Um, I say to my cli- like I say to my clients, "If you need me, if you're having a bad day or just whatsapp me." You know what I mean if I've got space you'll come in with approach some weights about or if you just want to chat let's chat yeah um and I try to teach my clients stuff like you know what I mean take 10 minutes to yourself do a bit of meditation do some breathing exercises mm-hmm. I think that along with fitness is a massive help for stress and anxiety
3: absolutely man so let's go ahead and dive into talking about you know the business side of things um because you did you start initially when you started to pursue personal training did you have to start from zero clients and build your way up
4: yeah yeah definitely had to start from zero clients um i wouldn't say it was an easy an easy task it was quite daunting you know what i mean you're starting a new career you're starting a business and to be honest i didn't really know where i was going to start did many times I, I got on the laptop i built my website um, I found a gym to work out of. I started doing my Instagram. Um, and there was times I was looking at going, am I making the right decision? It's, it's daunting. Is it going to work? Um, and slowly but surely, clients started coming in. Um, and as a fact, I've been going nearly three years now. And my very first two clients, are still with me, which is great. Yeah. Um, and they, you know what I mean? They're doing amazing. So, um, yeah. I mean, everyone has clients that come and go. Um, but I think starting from zero and then building up, it's, it's hard. You've got to take, you, you know I mean? You've got to roll with sometimes you, you have a different client, sometimes you have an influx of clients. But I think every gym and every personal trainer will go through that. And it's just something you've got to roll with at the time. So
3: what in particular worked for you to get clients in the door
4: uh, a lot of a lot of the clients is word of mouth um, I, I write podcasts uh, sorry i write blogs they go on my website um, and i do a bit of social media not much but i also go to like i teach, I teach a teacher a room club do a bit of strength and conditioning for youngsters uh, so under 13s under 11s I speak to the parents, and then I get parents that come to me as well. So it's, I mean, it's just about networking. It's totally about networking. And if, if you've got a good network and you speak to people and you come across great people, then, you know what I mean? People are going to come through the door.
3: Yeah. So um, you mentioned networking, word of mouth, and also social media, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I've been, I write a blog, I write a, um, a monthly blog. Or one every couple of weeks, uh, I put that on my website. I send that on Insta with the links, and, and I'll just put success stories on Insta. I, I don't, I don't do photos or videos of clients training or myself training. Um, no, no, I'm a personal trainer. I'm supposed to be fit. No one wants to see me train. Um, so yeah, I literally put success stories on. Um, I've got a client, a very young, young lady. She was very, very quiet, and I've just had a, I had a birthday card off for the other week saying how much she appreciates me, how I've brought her out of the dark. and made and more. And to me, that would mean more than all all the money she paid me. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, that's why I got into it to help people to make feel people feel better.
3: Yeah, just priceless, man. Priceless, like you said. Yeah. Okay. So I know that you mentioned like two of your clients have been with you since day one. Um, now, do you know like what is the average length of time that your clients train with you?
4: So uh, I've got clients. You know, I mean, I get some people, the clients, they come and they'll do six months for me, um, and they'll go away. I've had some clients that've come from the door, and I said, "I'm going on holiday next year. I want to be slimmer." or I've got a wedding to go to. I think every personal trains had that when they've, they've got clients from the door. I've got a wedding to go to. I want to be getting this dress okay, that's fine. We'll we'll work on that. We'll get you through. And then it's just about client retention after that. Whether they want to retain, you know what I mean, keep coming afterwards, or they've reached their goal and they're happy. But I think also... In-
3: Sorry. What were you
4: saying? I think, obviously, in the economic crisis, I think everyone's in at the moment, especially in the UK with inflation and the cost of living that's going up. It's... it it does affect the industry. I mean, personal trainers are not cheap and they're not a necessity for people or people don't see it as a necessity. So, you know I mean? I've seen a slight decrease in clients at the moment due to that, but that's part of the parcel.
3: Yeah. So. So, I mean, when that happens, like, you know, when you do have that, I guess, unexpected decrease in clientele, um, What's your strategy? Do you kind of go back to like word of mouth and social media, but what's your strategy to, to get your clientele back up?
4: So I, I always try to keep on top of the social media. Um, clients, yeah, I'll, I just, I'll ask for clients. I'm, I'm, clients I've had three free but just some, give me some reviews. I'll put that on, obviously, on the Google um, and on the website as well. And then I'll I'll just go and speak to people. I mean, I'll be, I can just go to a coffee shop and sit in a coffee shop if people walk past and they are to me and I've got my T-shirt on and they say hello, then I'll start a conversation.
3: Yeah.
4: It's, it's like, you know, you've just, you've just got to be a people person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay.
3: So, um, what are your goals for creation over the next, let's say, 365 days?
4: Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, the goals, you I know mean, I I want to open my own studio. I want to get it up and running um, and f- focus on me main functional fitness. Um, and then probably bring someone in to do a bit of a, a yoga sort of pseudo in the back end as well. So I can link both. Um, I think keeping on top of the clients, building the client, client base up slightly more. And then, you know what I mean? Maybe in a, within a year. Probably open up a studio somewhere um, I'd like to find quite an, like of the idyllic place uh, not far from us is uh an area down by the coast, which i'd like to, I'd like to put a place there um, There's some buildings going up there late soon, so who knows we'll see yeah I just, <laughs> I, there's a lot of gyms that are open and they're in the industrial units mm hmm um and for me that doesn't that doesn't sort of um appeal because i want to keep it nice nice and neat and i want a, a small client base i don't want a huge client base so you can't be personal then i think if you're a personal trainer yeah you're training them in person but be personal with them build that rapport yeah
3: because um all of your clients that you train is like one to
4: one yeah, it's one-to-one, yeah.
3: Okay. So, and, I mean, have you ever thought about doing, like, semi-private personal training with, like, a group of four to five people at once?
4: Um, I have, yeah. Um, I just... I have, I have done it a couple of times with clients, um, but it's not something I really enjoy doing. I, I, to be honest, I like setting the clients their goals. They come to me with a goal... And they want, I know, they want to, they want to bit to get strong. A uh, client wants a bit of going lift, a hundred kilogram deadlift. Or he wants a bit of bench. I mean, I'll, I'll program them for that so we can do it, but also build their mobility and their flexibility at the same time. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing that with a group of, it's, there's totally different goals. Everyone's got a totally different goal. Unless they just want to get fit. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, I prefer, to, I prefer a client to have nice goals and then, Taken for that journey
3: yeah okay that makes sense so um it's almost a good place for us to wrap things up on the episode but before we sign out i do have one more question for you and my question for you is looking back to three years ago you know when you started creation give yourself one piece of advice sorry,
4: that... Ignite. Ignite. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Ignite, no, no.
3: <laughs> so give yourself one piece of advice that you wish you had
4: um, that you didn't know you needed? I would say to people the advice i give it would be persevere it's about perseverance and it's about, it's a learning curve from well, everything from like looking at your website, uh, there's companies out there, you know what I mean, they'll do all your SEO for you great, charge you a fortune if you can sit, sit down and have time for yourself to learn to do that and keep on top of your website and your and your reviews that helps a hell of a lot um and i also think it's it's about a fine balance in life you've still got to find time for yourself as well you know what i mean you've got into you got into fitness and personal training because you love fitness that's what most people get into it for you've got a bit of, you've got to keep on top of your fitness and you've got a bit of going out free time um, If you don't have free time, you'll end up burning out.
3: Yep. All right. Well, you heard the man. Thank you so much, Jason. So please tell our listeners where they can find you
4: before we wrap up. So, you can find me in Creation Studios in Heswell on the world. All
3: right. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And looking forward to seeing what you're going to be able to accomplish down the road. Also, to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Morris
0: out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors.
1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lawrence Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, our guest on the show today, we have Dave Myers of Step Above Training, joining us from Milwaukee,
5: Wisconsin. Dave, what's going on, sir? How are you? Hey, it's another beautiful day here. We just got some snow blasting last night. It's, uh, it's looking pretty good, looking yeah. pretty fresh.
1: The whole Northeast got a, a pretty heavy wave of this thing. Anyway, uh, obviously our our conversation today is going to be focused on step above Dave. I'm excited to explore different routes within the business and and your taken philosophical approach to running a business like this. So before we do that, paint us a picture of what step above is for the people who aren't familiar with it. How do you describe what step above is in your own words?
5: Uh, ultimately, what we do is uh, provide a, a path and, and an opportunity for our clients to address their goals and targets and uh, do it with a expert or specialized training program. Um, we do by appointment primarily only. And, um, you know, from there, we just uh, provide a, a, you know, a space and experience that goes well beyond just that workout. Yeah. it. So
1: focused on the fitness,
5: individualized
1: and tailored to the person for the most part, we run it almost exclusively in small or one-on-one type groups. Take us back a little, Dave. I think the origin stories on these things tell us a lot about how we operate now and where we're going in the future. And so, Tell us about the day that the idea was, was formulating into your mind. I'm going to open up my own gym or my own studio. What was going on at that point and what
5: caused you to pull the trigger? Well, I mean, when I was, when I was still getting my degree and everything like that, I always had this, this, this thought of running my own gym. It was just kind of like a, you know, a pipe dream of way long into the future thinking, Hey, this is going to be something that would be awesome to have but i have to set so much of a foundation and establish so much uh growth and progress in order to get there that it seemed like it was well off into the future um what i ended up doing was uh i i finished my degree i had an internship that was really really great placed me in a location to do some training uh developed a really really good strong rapport with my clients that i did have continued to accrue more clients and then um as things kind of started to to like stale out and kind of stall out where i was i you know thought you know maybe it's time for a transition maybe it's time for a change so i inquired about another unpaid internship uh followed up with with this uh this great group uh called brx um, downtown uh, west dallas area um, they're sports specific, which was more my degree style anyways. And, you know, these, uh, these gents were about uh, four or five years younger than me and doing a really, really great job with their niche and just, you know, you know, just thriving. And I thought, man, I should be able to do that too. You know, I was like, all right, you know, what are the next steps for me? I started writing down things, start picking brains of these guys and everything like that. And then I followed up and, um, took the next step at uh, the location that I was training at um, started my manager role there, and just trying to get a little bit more insight into the facility management of things. Trying to be the boss, and try to you know express you know what kind of value and, and ethics that there should be provided as far as the service, the 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 value of the service, and then ultimately how you put it all together to retain and promote the best quality of of workout as well. Um, my time frame was uh, expedited a little bit, but luckily it was started up the gym. You know, about a year after I was in the management role, and uh, it's been fantastic ever since.
1: Yeah, and the rest is history, so they say. That's
5: okay.
3: right.
1: Um, cool. It's it's kind of a, a not not carbon copy, but a common theme in our industry where a, a trainer ambitious and and above average in their skill set sees other people and how they're operating businesses and it's a natural next step obviously as purely a trainer there's a ceiling there's a limit on how far you can go you decided i'm gonna figure out how to make this my own kind of spin i can i can offer the service that i believe is going to be marketable and valuable to people and like you said, it's gone tremendously since then, which is clearly a demonstration of, of proof of concept. Look back on that time for a minute here, Dave, because running a business in our industry is is not always sunshine and rainbows, but there are some, some good things along the way. What's been your favorite part about being a business owner in the fitness space and what's been the most challenging
5: part for you so far? You know, my... My favorite part is honestly being able to put your fingerprint on, on the gym, on how everything runs, you know, the process of it and, you know, doing a little bit more of a trial and error and kind of, you know, fine tuning things along the way. So, you know, you don't have to have all the answers right away, but you're ultimately leading the, 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 the process for your training staff, for your members, uh, you know, Really, really feeling, you know, appreciative of feedback whenever you get it, and then um, as far as the most undesirable or you know, just kind of uh, you know, you know, disappointing moments, uh, it's uh, it's really really hard to to you know think about any of those. So there's so few and far between. You uh, you just uh, a good thing. You take, <laughs> yeah, you take you take those take those those brief moments and you kind of you know apply it into a positive and, and think okay you know going forward what what could have been done differently what could have been better as far as this goes and you utilize that as as more of a strength rather than something that you just dwell on and kind of like make it you know just something that you avoid or ignores as something to to apply you know same thing with you know just training and exercise in general you know you don't just you know, ignore a portion of your body because it, it isn't it isn't as uh, uniquely equipped to uh, to handle it. You know, you 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 steer towards that and challenge your body to be better. Same yep. thing with the fitness industry. You know, you challenge you challenge your own insight to be better and stronger.
1: I really really appreciate that perspective because a lot of the time, what we see at least is that. People will open up a facility, lean in on their strengths, as they should, but a lot of the time completely ignore weaknesses or, or holes in the game of the business owner skill set. And it comes to light one way or the other. Like these are these are things that we at some point have to address. I, I really appreciate your perspective on that now. In the grand scheme of things, we've been a business four-ish years now. That would suggest to me, I assume we have more clients today than we did four years ago. For you, over those years, Dave, what's been successful from a marketing standpoint to get some people in and maybe what would you not recommend people invest their time or their dollars in?
5: Well, we've we've used um, um, kind of the the training app assets of uh, of uh, um, acquiring marketing and everything like that. So Thumbtack, uh, Lessons.com, uh, Bark, and things like that. And ultimately, you know, there there are positives to to utilizing those, creating profiles on those, and letting those leads come to you. But also, with that comes just uh, you know. Yeah it's it's almost to the point that if you have a match you have something that that you know you know toes the line of exactly what you're looking for for clients and i mean like that which is ultimately if you're in the the training style of things you want to train with literally everyone that's closely you know in your location and mean like that you know you're, you're getting you're getting expenses in, you know uh, accruing during that time period with no certainty of of the the members walking in the door, let alone, you know, um, even responding to your, your, your messaging and, and your insights. So it's really, really difficult. So it's like, you just want to get people in the the door and have the opportunity right here. So, you know, the, the digital apps and things like that are fantastic. They're super unique and, and, and a really, really helpful part, but also they can, they become a little bit frustrating at the same time. Ultimately, the the best thing that has has uh, value is uh, sustainability, and uh, you know just word of mouth as well. So if you're you're a, a longstanding you know client of mine or one of my other trainers, um, you know having them talk about you, you know you know refer you, um, start networking to other other uh, areas and everything like that. I mean I know a boatload of. of physical therapists and chiropractors and everything like that expanding your network that way and creating you know a really really good firm solid uh foundation of just mutual respect and relationships that way has been really really great um you know but uh yeah. social media is definitely a, a a a branching uh ability and network to go along with too it kind of so is word worth in 2023 every you know, that's it, that's it, you know, just keep on, keep on reaching and, and, and being willing to grow, you know, and, and get outside of your comfort level as well, you know, because ultimately at the end of the day, you know, it, it is, it is uncomfortable doing something new for the first time. So, you know, when you're first going to your first day of whatever, you know, you got that anxious energy and everything like that. You know, there's always that uncertainty, that that level of like, crap should I really go in here, or I maybe I should do this instead?" You know, or it won't be a bad thing if I didn't go there or whatever. It's taking that step in the door. It's taking those next initiatives and everything like that. That becomes a lot more valuable, insightful, you know, that, that nervous energy turns into just positive reflection. and everything like that, man, it just feels like every time I meet with a new person, or even just this, this podcast in general, I get, I get a buzz. It feels great. It's amazing. And I kind of get a little bit bouncy in my stuff and everything like that. So it's just, it's fantastic.
1: Yeah. I want to, I want to take a step back and kind of summarize the different channels that you mentioned there, because I think there's value in, everything that we do. There's pros and cons, of course, but from a marketing standpoint, everything contributes. One of the main drivers that you mentioned is word of mouth. And I think that makes a lot of sense given the model of this. If we look at nothing else, historically, people that have the resources to be able to afford personal training or small group training, no other people that have the resources to be able to afford personal training or small group training that's a big aspect of this you threw out a couple of other things along the way social media being a part of this sort of in the same bucket as word of mouth it's just kind of how people communicate in 2023 we've had a couple of different technologically based services you mentioned thumbtack or whatever other various options there are like we said pros and cons it's it's all of those things any kind of marketing or advertising strategy is typically meant to enhance beyond word of mouth every business owner that i know if they could build their business exclusively from word of mouth of course they would right advertising and whatnot is is meant to supplement that or add on top of that with the social media side of things, let me ask you this, because it's sort of a hot button topic in our industry, at least. Have you put any kind of, of budget into advertising on those, or was it just on the other platforms that you had mentioned?
5: Um, as far as I know, I've more promoted um, some of our, kind of like more of our social outreach and, and fun programs that we do that are just more, yeah. you know, philanthropic um so um alzheimer's alzheimer's association we go big into um we do fight for air climb for american Lung association um habitat for humanity um a lot of a lot of that outreach um, and uh ronald mcdonald house so so on and so forth so we do we do a lot more of those um um marketed on uh, Facebook and, uh, Instagram sure. and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, okay. ultimately, as far as that goes, word of mouth has been, you know, primary source, you know, as he goes along through there, put some videos out there, put some encouragement out there on those same platforms but, uh, as far as allocating funds directly to that. Um, and, um, and, and, and it shouldn't, uh, apply as a hindrance or anything like that. I have a, you know a very very confident source of of training insights and and feedback from uh clients and uh you know just the the general uh, uh reviews that we've had in the past too so but um got it definitely can take us add that. take us to
1: the next step here dave obviously just getting somebody interested is is only half the battle at some point we need to transition them into paying client so walk me through the various checkpoints along the way somebody reaches out interested in in working with either you or one of the other trainers what happens in the the quote-unquote sales process to transition that person into now client
5: but you know it's it's a it's a time frame um you know uh starting point where you need to be you need to be first. You need to respond quickly and decisively, and get their enthusiasm for that first initial inquiry. Whether it's phone call, text, or uh, email, or whatever, reaching out from the website, and ultimately, you know, within within a very very brief time frame, you need to you know follow up with a message and a breakdown and insight into what they're looking for, what their desires are, time frame. And then scheduling an appointment for them to get in with you, you know, very, very much sooner than later, sooner than later, you know, and yep. putting the, putting the ball back in their court to respond and get their timeframes. And then from there, it's uh, not not uh, inquiring, letting them inquire like when we're available. Ultimately the, the question is, you know, when are they available? When are they available to train, not just to come in for this appointment, but ultimately when they're available to train, not to just prepare your schedule, you know, for them, but ultimately, you know, creating a little bit of insight into, you know, how committed are they? to training are they looking at it from just a you know a one-off time frame or is it going to need to be a little bit more of this is going to be a commitment this is these are time frames that i can see available here so you know the more information you can get back based off of that you know the uh the more the more uh, excited you can tell that they are just via those those messages alone that's a good point and then let me ask
1: this because historically, my perspective at least is that trainers are usually not great salespeople. Who handles that sort of a conversation within your business? Is it you mostly?
5: It is me. Yeah, primarily me I will I will I will take that I will take that lead, um, you know from from another trainer and ultimately, you know, it is their, it is their job to fortify that value within that session. And everything like that, create that relationship and that trust that goes along with it. So when we do start talking and breakdown of, of numbers, payments, whatever, it is, you know, a easy conversation to have, but I will take that, I will take that, that, that uncomfortability that. I do it, you know. Uh, Implied there, you know, uh, trainers do have a, a little bit of a challenge with um, yeah. is sales. That, that is stuff. that something you've had to like
1: refine your own skill set on since you've become oh, the course. owner of this? Yeah. Beyond that, Dave, obviously in your model, the real battle is is won and lost in retention of these clients. We can sign people up all day long, but if they're leaving just as quickly, then we're just churning and burning and not really getting anywhere. What do you focus on from the ownership role to make sure that the clients of step above stay clients of step above?
5: Well, ultimately, I mean, you cannot guarantee, you know, someone is going to maintain and and continue to train with you, but you're going to do your part, you know, time time in and time out. You're going to, you know, reinforce their their goals and their and their progress along the way. You know, starting with that that foundation, that first that first meeting that you had, that first consultation with someone. You know, referring to that, they look in these first three months. This is where we were. You know, this is where we were. This is where we are. This is where we're, we're getting to. And I really like that. And then from there, it's it's creating our 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 mission. Which is applying fitness for a lifetime, not just for the immediate now or you know the next you know couple months or anything like that. It's ultimately realizing that fitness should be a desired portion of your life that you just continue to to have around you because it balances everything out, it balances your routine, it balances your mental and physical state. And it just keeps you ready for whatever could be coming your way, whatever that desire is being able to refer to fitness and have it be a part of it is going to be so much better than not.
1: I couldn't agree more Dave. Now zoom out on this for a minute. We we explored how you got here as a business and a little bit about what the business looks like today talk to us about where this whole thing is going in your mind. We've been a business owner for for 3 or 4 years now. What's the longer term vision or what's the the big picture or step above in your mind?
5: I mean, it's it's really about strengthening our fitness community, right? Where we are right here, anyone that walks in the door and they are part of that, anyone that's around us that we can We can give just a little bit more insight and value to it's it's being accessible to our community strengthening our community and then from there it's expanding that that uh that community looking for more locations and just uh supplying and infusing a little bit more balance within the industry of personal training specifically where um there's just such a wide discrepancy between, you know, a first time uh, uh, certified personal trainer to, you know, very, very mastered, you know, and, you know, expert trainers as well. But ultimately, it's the same, it's the same, uh, you know, it's the same title, it's the same established ideal or stereotype of, of, you know, personal training in general that, that kind of gets us kind of gets us a bad rap sometimes it's that yeah
1: that's a good point that is far far beyond the scope of our podcast but the barrier to entry being what it is competition is what it is a lot of the time the buyer doesn't quite know the difference and so it's our job to sort through and provide a, a streamlined and quality service that's understandable We'll have to see what that all means for you. Again, down the line, Dave, it sounds like growth is in the cards, but how we go about that to be determined, right? We'll figure it out. In the minute or two we have left here, I want to give you the chance to tell people where they can learn more about step above. Do we have a website? What are the social media links? How can people
5: find out and connect with you? Yeah. So we have our our website stepabovetraining.com. training.com. Um, you'll be able to see our, our awesome training staff on there and be able to, uh, inquire about, uh, you know, a consult, or if you have any questions on there, you can reach right out there and submit right on there. Also, we have our Instagram. Um, it's train stuff above. And then, um, I got uh, YouTube videos, uh, same, same source. We've got, um, uh, train stuff above there as well. And then, uh, you yeah, know, from there you can reach, you know, directly out out to me. <laughs> my number will be on that on the website as well. So uh, you can you can send text that way and then we can chat more and more and more because uh, talking fitness is my life and it's uh it's a pretty good one. Yeah.
1: Not such a bad tr- career path that you chose for yourself, Mr. Dave. It's been awesome to have you on here. I, I always appreciate people that are that are willing to give a look behind the scenes into how these things truly function and so i appreciate you coming on here i i'm excited to see what the future holds for you unfortunately we're out of time but i i wish you nothing but the best moving forwards man
5: appreciate you joe
1: have a good one absolutely to everyone who tuned in thank you as well don't forget if you'd like to be notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business click the link in the description fill it out our team will be in touch and as always until next time jim
0: lords out thank you so much for listening if you found this content valuable here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free one grab a free copy of alex Ramosi's best selling book gym launch secrets at alexsbook.com two join our free facebook group at alexsgroup.com